Welcome to the Ruby Hour, a podcast produced by our company, Ruby Riot Creatives. We specialize in video production and content marketing, and we're based in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm Shelby Ring. And I'm Madeline Rager. This podcast is devoted to interviewing extraordinary people doing extraordinary things and nuggets of wisdom that they've learned along their journey. Also, just want to give you a heads up, uh, we have potty mouths and we're talking about inappropriate things. Thank you so much for joining another episode of the Ruby Hour. My name is Shelby Ring. I have the amazing Meredith Tanton with me today. Um, so before we get started, I always love to do a quick little introduction um, about who is this amazing person sitting next to me. So um, Meredith Tanton is the co-owner and principal designer at Sweetgrass Social, a full-service wedding planning company based here in Charleston, South Carolina. When Meredith isn't busy planning her clients' design schemes or com- or building out a minute-by-minute day of itinerary because that's what wedding planners do for you. They are amazing. Um, sure. You can find her traveling with her husband and two beautiful daughters. She is a lover of fine hotels, resorts, and in particular, Caribbean destinations. Holla. And um, as her grandmother always said, if you are going on vacation, it better be somewhere nicer than your home. Otherwise, you might as well just stay at home. So amen to that. That is true. Oh, my gosh. Um, and on a professional side, so Meredith's work was recently published on Over the Moon, the uh, managing editor to Vogue's blog. So drop the mic on that one. So, Meredith, thank you so much for coming Thanks today. Thanks for having me. Um, we have worked together forever. Um, anytime that I see your name or any of your squad pop up in my inbox, I get super excited. Thank you. And... Um, I firsthand can attest that you girls totally crush it, and any event we ever are doing together, I'm always like, dude, don't worry about it. Like, we got Meredith, we got Jacqueline, like, we got the crew, like, we're, it's gonna roll. So, how did you get into um, event coordinating? What was your mix of factors that brought you to where you are today? Well, um, it's kind of a combination of things. So, when I was in college, I worked for the National MS Society. So, I saw the um, nonprofit side of events, which is very different than weddings. I mean, you are managing events for up to 6,000 people. When it comes to some of those events, you're also totally dependent on people's generosity. So you're having to ask for a lot of donations, whereas in weddings, you know, you're working off a set budget. Um, but I mean, it, it taught me a lot of people skills. It taught me how to go out and to ask for help when I needed it. Um, but it also taught me a lot about logistics. So I feel like that was really where I got my foundation. And then when I moved to Charleston, I started working for another planner on the side and really focused on the day of coordination. Um, if you can do day of, you can do the other part. Because day of is the hardest thing to do because people are throwing things on you last minute and saying, here's my vision. Oh, yeah, I didn't tell you this detail, but you figure it out. Yeah. So you were putting out a lot of fires left and right um, with that. So that's where I learned and really got my foundation for crisis management when it comes to events. Because I will tell you, as an event planner, we also have to be a crisis manager, weather I mean, freak accidents, all sorts of crazy things that happen. Um, And then I started working for Amazon um, and was working for their publishing firm. And Jacqueline and I met there. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And so we we had a coworker, and she knew that we both had a background in events, but hadn't had the opportunity to make a career yet. So we 
um, she asked if we would do her day of, and we did. We decided to do it together. Um, we even did the florals nightmare. Oh, jeez. Your girl's not a florist. <laughs> um, and so then we, it was really successful. We decided, hey, let's give this thing a shot. And after a year, we were, we were doing it full time. Um, I mean, we were not crushing it full-time that yeah. first year. I mean, yeah. it definitely takes a while to build, um, but we're going into our 11th year in January. That is so Crazy. insane. I know I was going through your onboarding details and I was like, wait, 2009? Yeah. Like that's... And I graduated college in 2008. Yeah. So, I mean, I've always been a decisive person though. I mean, I was one of those yeah. people that first semester freshman year, I went in and declared my major and stayed with it. I mean, I've always known and I think that that's probably why I'm an effective event manager too because yeah. I can make a decision and I can make it on the fly. Um, but... So I decided and committed to this business and my parents were like, you're crazy. And the funny thing is my parents are entrepreneurs, like they had their own businesses and then they're also, now they're realtors. But um, I came from that background and I was like, hey, pot, kettle. I mean, yeah. you, you think I'm crazy, you made it. So what's to say I want? And I've always had that personality where I'm like ready to defeat the odds. Yes. And so mm. I think because of that, Aww. Jacqueline and I just made it a point to make sure that it made we made it work. So Yeah. That is so awesome. And I mean, I think that's part of why any event we do together, I have that peace of mind um, of being a vendor in a lineup is it's like, oh, like I have full confidence if we are having our vendor meal, speeches are not gonna kick off and like there's right. like no it's going to be orchestrated well and i love that uh like there you know the part of me that's like ooh, type a details like uh you know just like having that clarity that's like so pleasing you know that like you know what you want you go after it and you set that trajectory and i feel like you have to have that level of like go-getter thick skin like when you're dealing with however many crises at any given moment on a wedding day and yeah. you do it with that smile on your face and you put everyone at ease it's like you know the what the bride doesn't know like what is like on fire in the behind the scenes no, of it and that's the goal yeah. yeah that's the point of us i mean that's yeah. the reason that they put us in the position they do i mean now post event they may find out about it i mean if there's something that um pertains to them but yeah we don't want to ruin their day we we just take care of it for them so it's not easy but yeah. we do it I love that I feel like I mean we we just shot okay so Melissa and Justin the, yes. the first weddings that we did together yeah. um so this her sister Emily um was it was her wedding in Ballantine last um, oh yes week, I think so. oh my gosh I didn't even put two and two together but that was them yeah oh my gosh yeah yes. and okay. so you know so um they were commenting on oh this is like such a beautiful day unfolding seamlessly and it really reminded me of the power of when you're working with you know that a team of vendors and um you know, especially just being in the industry and hearing the DIY route, you know, mm -hmm. where you hear people are trying to, oh, I'm going to go purely off of price and whatever with their people and how it's like when you have different vendors vet for different other vendors being like, yep, work with this person, love yeah. them. Oh, who do you have here? Who do you need? And that strength of community, because it's like if you can work with people that are, you know, 
you know they're not like a lone wolf that's not going to be communicating and doing their own weird timeline and like holding the bride and groom hostage for two hours taking photos and right. totally destroying the procession of everything else coming into place. It really does make a huge difference of when you have vendors that are on their A-game, the the key thing that the family or the couple's getting is peace of mind, Right. right? They know it's going to be seamless, flawless, easy to unfold, and their mom isn't freaked out in the corner because she's trying to, you know, put things on her plate, right? We want the whole family to be at ease and relaxed and enjoy the day, not just the bride, not just the groom, you know, that everyone can really take a load off and know they're in good hands. Um, Did you, like, okay, when you were little, were, like, what are elements of your personality you saw showing up like when you're like were you ever that friend that was like hey we're doing a tea party right now yeah these are the details like what what memories from your childhood can you see like oh yeah that was you know it's funny i there's this one video and i'm pretty sure it was a vhs and i think that it got taped over which no! is so sad no. um but I, I'm one of those people that, like, loves to watch old videos. Yes. Um, but it was for my fifth birthday. I had a tea party, a formal seated tea party. My uncle was the butler. He was in a tuxedo. <laughs> it was V-chic. Um, <laughs> but we had... So it was seated. Everyone... My mom actually used China for five-year-olds. Oh, my gosh. Like, yes. I love your mom. Everyone... So when they came in, their party favor was everyone wore hats. Um, and we were seated at the dining room table. And in the video... And oh, God, I wish we still had this. Because it's so telling about my personality now. I was giving kind of instruction to my guests. Oh <laughs> to my guests. My peasants. Yes, um, right. I felt... I mean, I was, like, acting like the queen up there. But telling, um, telling them, you know, what was going to be happening happening next and then I was like okay ladies now we're gonna move into the den because we're gonna open presents except I had a very like thick southern accent I was like we're gonna open presents um, yeah come on ladies yeah. yeah there's this one part in the in the, in the uh, video too where I was like mama can you bring me the scissors and I'm like oh my god that's so like awesome. girl you sound like you were from god knows where anyway yep, yep. so um that I think was really telling and also too um my parents always thought I'd be an attorney because I would argue everything and I would always to make sure that my my point was made and so they were like gosh if this child is not you know does not end up <laughs> fight for turning, justice yeah. yeah well instead I I still I mean I still do feel like I have to make my case a lot of times but I have sure. to make my case on behalf of clients yeah. you know um so I do think that that's something that I use even today. Um, Sure. But yeah, I mean, I would say that those were the things that kind of from my childhood that you definitely saw coming up. I would always, too, be pre-planning for the next party. You know, hey, mom, next year, let's do this. Jacqueline was the same way. Really? Yeah. It's so funny. We always talk about that. Um, But yeah, our moms always knew what our theme was going to be. So. Oh my gosh! I mean, That's I'm already so planning cool. Sloane's second birthday. Her birthday's in February. My mom and I were talking about the favors yesterday. Like, that's oh. so ridiculous and extra. But whatever. Like, yeah. that's your world. I feel like yeah. you get to have a pass. Like, you get to have a pass of like, you know, because people are like, oh, like my Pinterest life. I want it to, but it's like, yeah, whatever. Like, that's your own personal. Like, for us, it's like our 
our favorite thing is like let's create a MacGyver mystery around like who doesn't flush the toilet in this building and yeah. like, what's like to build something that's totally just ridiculous yeah. but you know thinking in a world of video it makes sense that you're like thinking in like oh cute party favors for like however many months from now I mean yeah. that's like that's your passion well and too you know I think a lot of my passion came from my grandmother my grandmother um, she was a big influence on my life and I mean um, she's passed now but I, even in my own wedding design, I incorporated a lot of things that were a nod to her. Um, this mm-hmm. is my mom's mother. Okay. And um, it's funny, too, because we all we have very strong genes from that side of the family. My grandmother, my mom, me, and then now my daughter, Sloan, all look very similar. Oh, so, wow. Um, okay. But so my grandmother, she was an antiques dealer and had an antique store. But her her favorite thing was China. So she had all different the all of these different varieties of sets of um, and patterns of China. So when we would come over to her house for dinner, I mean it would be a full blown place setting, and we would talk about too, you know the proper etiquette and how you eat because you never know who you're going to sit next to at dinner. That was always the way that I was raised. So, you know, we were put in fine dining situations at an early age so Mm -hmm. that my parents could take us to the nicer restaurants or they could take us to places where we would feel comfortable and know how to interact that way. Of course, you know, I mean, obviously we're doing a lot of casual things too, but that was really important to me. And so for me, as when I designed an event, I love a place setting. I love a beautiful plate. I love nice flatware. I think it's really important. I mean, a lot of times, if it's a station style event, I get it. Like, you know, let's just do the most affordable plate. Um, but I think that that elevates the guest experience. The texture and the linen that you feel on the table, the look of the plate that you're eating off of. Um, and so I think that I, the, the reason I think that way is because of my grandmother, honestly. Oh, so That's so cool. Because- she also haunts me. Totally. What it what's like what's like the voice? Like what's the one liners like scenarios where you're like, oh No, yeah. I've like had so many ghostly experiences with her. Oh god, I just got goosebumps. Like yes. literally. Oh, that's oh cool. yes. Talk okay. like have talked to a medium about it, the whole deal. I mean, it is wild. But she for sure and every time my mom visits and like times that my mom and my aunt have been in the same room with me in my house. Like my grandmother's picture will knock off of Dude, the shelf. I'm like, I'm just like, I'm like one oh, yeah. gigantic. She's here like, somewhere today. Yeah, I totally. Um, I think that I, I really do though think that she yeah. is around me a lot, and yeah. um, there's been different like situations in my life that things have been going on, and I've had very vivid. I guess they're dreams, but visions, if you will, where she's been in yeah. them, and I think that's the way of like kind of communicating to yeah. me that I'm making the right choice or yeah. That's beautiful because it's like yeah. she's, you know, whatever belief system people are from, it's like there's definitely a common thing of like having those people that are like your cheerleaders, your supporters, like mm-hmm. your guides, right? Mm-hmm. So it sounds like she's definitely like someone that is looking out for you um, and being a presence. That is freaking cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I tell so many people my ghost stories, but I swear, like whenever we're out at a um, out of a plantation somewhere, too, or a place yeah. that's supposedly haunted. Yeah. Um, Jacqueline's like, oh, great. Like the ghosts are going to follow us because Meredith's here. Like, and I'm like, it's all right. I mean, we'll yeah. be good. Did you, were you ever freaked out like in that um, in that experience of having because there is I mean, we can pivot this conversation right now and get real weird talking about crazy. Like I met my best friend in a dream. Oh, really? Like, before I really knew her. You've got to talk to my medium. I had, like, a message. I had, like, a message for her. And we're and yeah. it was it's really unusual. But, like, the whole twin flame, like, some of that 
kind of whatever. Yeah. We can get real esoteric real quick up in this joint. Yeah. But but so um did you, did you ever have fear whenever you first had any of these like medium like or Um so I've only had I've only had fear once and this was actually recently. I saw a man standing in my bedroom a couple yeah. weeks ago in the middle of the night and he looked very angry. Mm-hmm. Um and that's the only time I've ever felt fearful. Um but I have had other experiences with people that I know, like I've seen my grandfather in a dream. Um, one of my friends went missing years ago, and unfortunately, his case is still open. Mm-hmm. But he, I've had visions of him, um, and I think it, that was probably his way of telling me that he's gone, but he's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had, you know, then my grandmother and different things with her. But the only other time I've seen someone that I haven't known was that guy a couple weeks ago. Hmm. So what does that mean? Is that well, ominous? Is like, are we going into something scary? I well, know. I mean, okay, let's, let's like go into this because I love this stuff. Yeah. Okay, so what, so the energy, like whenever you saw him and yeah, he was in a state of anger, but then what was the experience you were having? Did you feel fear? What did you, what was the experience you had in your body? Um, I did feel fearful because mm-hmm. he looked very angry and mm-hmm. his face was very angry. And I was actually talking to one of my friends who's another planner um, here and she was talking about how she goes to a therapist here in Charleston who has um, has told her she's she's intuitive and so mm-hmm. she's told her that some of those things that she's seen um, that they were evil spirits or their things were tied sure. to them. However, that her spirit guides or guardian angels or yeah. having us were sure. protecting her. Yeah. Um, and so um, I do think that for me, I mean, I grew up a Christian. I've, I mean, I am a Christian. I do believe that there's a very thin veil between here and heaven. And mm-hmm. I think that we're surrounded by these people. Um, yeah. And so, yes, I think there's evil and I think that there is good too. But I think that sometimes they're just trying to communicate a message and when we're at our most vulnerable or when we've had a really hard day or maybe where our emotions are um, seeping in, that's when our we drop a lot of those barriers that yeah. we create. And so yeah, um, that's generally when I've had those experiences of when I've been in a very emotional state and been so depleted mm. that I didn't, you know have anything else to do but sleep and so then I would have you know a vision or a dream sure um and that's how I was that day I was very depleted interesting mm-hmm. some one thing that I've heard is that when um if someone shows up like if you have that experience of seeing someone and they're in a negative state mm-hmm. oftentimes um there's like a variety of things that I've understood of they either want to they're looking for justice or they're mm-hmm. looking for someone to Oftentimes it's like, oh, they want to share either like how they died or how they were wronged or what the injustice was in their life. And um, like I've I I have a background with um, dreams and like the my dream world is like where I have very engaging, unusual um, things happen or or like lessons or Mm -hmm. that kind of thin veil thing you're discussing. And um, I've heard from like a light worker perspective of like mm-hmm. when there is um, that negative energy, um, they oftentimes like 
I've had one moment where I had somebody, I lived right next to a, this is like the ghost special podcast session. Well, I but, mean, it's perfect. It's Halloween week. I know. So. I know. I know. So, okay. The so spectacular wedding special. Yes. It's spooky. Mm-hmm. No. So, but I had, I lived next to a hospital, uh, like our property lined up next to the hospital. And mm-hmm. you think about it, people are coming to life and they're passing away and yeah. so there's a thunderstorm outside and I had and I was like really looking for this medium experience like that was when I had mes- met my best friend I was doing like a lot of like guided meditation work I was doing mm-hmm. all kinds of opening myself up with intention with that and yeah. learning but he came up our stairs outside and I was in that state for me it's between being awake and being asleep like it's like right before I'm like fully conscious That's a great way to describe it. Yeah. And so he came up our stairs. It was raining. So I was like aware of like what was happening around. And like I sleep like a rock normally. So Mm -hmm. to be kind of like in that in between. But he came up and he walked into my bedroom and um, and he was looking for shelter. And I instantly got the hit like he had just passed away and he was in a night uh, like a hospital gown and he was looking for where to go. Like the hit I got was he was looking for shelter. He didn't realize that he had passed and he was like there was a rainstorm so he's looking for shelter but you know um i've understood that oftentimes if someone's looking to if they're lingering around sometimes they're looking for an energy they have to have a source to really like pull from Mm -hmm. and so that he was looking for something to tether to and so i remember saying at first I was unnerved and was like this is really unusual Mm -hmm. I feel a little bit of fear but then I was like wait I don't have to go into fear with this he's finding his way and so as someone to be uh someone that's a a source of like hope or light with his journey of if he is passing over right now Mm -hmm. you know I I like talked to him in the moment and said like you know keep going like you're you're not allowed to stay here yeah but keep going towards the light you know like that was my messaging with him it's so interesting that you say it like that way because again you've got to talk to my medium (laughs) this girl this lady is so great she's in charlotte but um the what she described to me or you can watch it on her youtube as well but she talks about how when people do pass that they there is this this transition and when you're kind of going through almost like a tunnel if you will sure um but and that's where she said there's a very thin veil between here and heaven that we're surrounded by these people and when you're greeted that a lot of times you're greeted by yes loved ones or people but you don't necessarily know that that's them yeah um but they're the ones that kind of help you and guide you through that and it's really interesting Mm -hmm. um because she was talking about when she was just out shopping one day very randomly a man unfortunately fell in the parking lot had a heart attack he passed away there and she saw these angel-like beings that surrounded him and took him directly up and she she believes that there are some people that go directly to be in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. She does believe in God. Um, mm-hmm. And she said that there are some people, though, that have to be healed before they can be in the presence of angels and God. Mm-hmm. And that those people have to go to a place of healing and almost like a temple to where mm-hmm. she described it like a person that has Swiss, uh, like Swiss cheese. Like there's holes in them oh, and they have to go into this place of healing and be made whole again until they can even be available. And so a lot of times when she speaks to spirits or um however she describes it yeah she says those people are unavailable at that time because they're in a place of healing so wow what yeah what we what? 
we wow. have we have really derailed. But. <laughs> so awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You've had these experiences. What is one of the craziest experiences you've had? Well, you know, at the time it was it was really hard, but what gave me so much comfort during that period, um around I was about six weeks pregnant and I had a a dream or a vision and it was my grandmother she was in a rocking chair and she was holding my baby the baby was all in white she had this beautiful pink bow on her and she was rocking her and um then i went in for my nine-week appointment and i found out that unfortunately i had miscarried um and the doctor said that i had miscarried at the time of when i had so the timing lined up at the six weeks and i very much believe that um you know that was my grandmother's way of saying that she has the baby and that she is there with her. And so I believe it's a girl. I don't know. Um, but it was it was really hard. But then looking back, I, it brings me so much comfort and solace mm-hmm. to know that she that she still has her. And, you know, the times when I have spoken to this medium, too, she has said, I asked her because we would have named the baby Caroline, which is my um, my grandmother's name was Carol. Okay. And um, then we talked to or my my baby now Sloan she um, her middle name is Caroline okay. and so I very much think she looks after her too because she yeah. loved babies she loved kids mm-hmm. um, and she when um, I talked to the medium I said you know does does she have Caroline and she said yeah she's showing me a little girl with her and you know that she's young and she looks different now but yeah that she's with her and I really do believe that yeah so yeah that's like whoa like yeah. i'm just thinking of like when you were in that doctor's appointment and like recognizing that and then you're like wait i had that dream like those like it, subtle... it was immediate that i thought about that i mean and i was at the time i was hysterical and you know you talk about weddings and have to having to be completely on so you know that was in february beginning of wedding season um so i had weddings a couple weeks later um that particular bride and i will always remember her for this reason She's one of the only brides that I shared what was going on with because I did have to, right before a wedding, you know, I had to go in for a DNC and um, because I wasn't miscarrying naturally. And so I did let her know, like, hey, I have to go have this procedure. And I will never forget, (laughs) I don't even know if she remembers because she was really drunk at this point, but we were... um, we were in the house at Legree wearing and I was helping her in the bathroom. I was holding up her dress because yes, I even do that. Um, yep. I was holding up her dress and I loved this girl. She's so great. And I still keep up with her to this day, but she was just like, I want you to know that like, you know, I know that it's going to work out for you. I think about you all the time and I just want you to know I'm there for you. And she had actually sent me flowers before then too. And that was so meaningful to me. I mean, and because, you know, as planners, we're planning people's happiest day of their lives, but they also, you know, don't think necessarily that we have things going on in our life. Sure. And it's like, well, what's your family emergency? Why are you not out of the office? Well, I'm sorry, I didn't want to put up an away message that was like, hey guys, I'm out of the office because I had a miscarriage and I'm having a DNC, you know, but it is, it's one of those things that's hard because we as business owners and as planners and ambassadors of happiness, if you will, yeah. Um, yeah. we have to always still put on a face. So, you know, I may have been crying in the bathroom, but not in front of the clients, you know? It's like you have to, you have to just keep moving. Yeah. Um, So that is the hard part of this business. And I mean, I think Jacqueline would tell you too, I mean, she's had to miss one of her grandparents' funerals because we had no other option because we were double booked that day. Yeah. And that's why we don't double book anymore because 
we never want to put ourselves in a situation where the other person can't step in for them because mm-hmm. there are things in life that are too important yeah that you don't want to miss you know oh so so that is like the pinnacle thing of why I wanted to launch this series of featuring the behind the scenes people of the event industry to showcase like the the human element and we've talked about this I don't know how many times you know but it's like yeah the how can we show like yes you know we provide incredible services you know experiences benefits for people but also like who are the people behind the service like who are they as humans you know and and um yeah what makes them tick and like I've even thought of uh I was getting a massage yesterday with my my masseuse guy that like I I you know just one of those vendors like mm-hmm. people that add so much uh, value in my life and I was like I should have on my website like oh yeah like great gifts or like tips right mm-hmm. and be like I'm gonna just put all my favorite like put Mark up there put all my my people of like if you really want to go above and beyond here's the way I like to be pampered but like yes those simple subtle things of like you know that's that's so beautiful that that bride at the time you know was so thoughtful and mm-hmm. like got you those flowers hours and and you weddings I've done with you I feel like the caliber of the heart energy of some of those clients like you know I think of like Chelsea Anna and like the truffle salt and the like you know just the the radical generosity you know there's a common theme theme of you attract very generously minded clients Mm -hmm. like most of the time yeah I mean and I think that uh, another vendor actually told me this recently. Um, they were telling Jacqueline and I both, well, what's great about our relationships with our clients is that we actually have a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's probably what's different about us and a lot of other planners. We really do invest in these people. I mean, they have to like us because we're talking to them as much as probably more than sometimes their best friend during the week. I mean, we are emailing constantly, we're texting, you know, we're in a meeting. So if they don't like us and we don't have a good rapport going, then it shows. Yeah. And so we really need to to be on the same page and um, have people that, you know, we care about, but they care about us too. Um, I have a current mother of the bride who I adore. And during the hurricane, when we were evacuating, she sent me a text and she was like, now, honey, if you need shelter, you just come on down to my house and we'll, we'll make sure you're taken care of. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go to Charlotte. My parents are close by, but yeah. like, how incredible is that? Yep. That like, I haven't even done her daughter's wedding yet, but that Aww. she would offer me shelter from a storm, you know, it was so sweet. I mean, those are the kind of people that we like doing business yeah. for. And those are the kind of people that, you know, mama always said that, you know, you, you attract more, um, you attract more flies with honey than vinegar right oh so you you don't um if you are ugly to people i mean and yeah and my stepdaughter hates when i say that because she lives in chicago and she's like are you calling me ugly no i'm not calling you ugly that's like the southern way of saying like you're being like rude to somebody yeah um but if you if you're not nice to people and you treat them like they are beneath you or they are not good enough then on the day of yeah Yeah. i mean it's hard for us as vendors to want to go above and beyond but let me tell you if you treat me with respect and you're nice to me 
girl, I'm going to be paying for stuff on the side for yep. you. I'm going to be like rolling out the red carpet for you. Yeah. Um, and I think that I think that that's sometimes what gets lost on clients. Um, you know, sometimes I think that people in the event industry in general are considered to be the help. I mean, yeah, for lack for sure. of a better term. Yeah. And and it shows. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it makes us not feel good. I mean, you talk about the human side. I mean, there have been times where I've been spoken to in a way that is less than desirable and you go home and that that hits you. Yeah. And I've had a million wonderful clients that have said wonderful things about me, but the ones that don't, those are the ones that I remember. Yeah. That's, oh yeah. And well, that's hard. And it's also like I mean, we film whatever experience, we're documenting all of it, and then we yeah. spend, if we're eight hours on site, then we're 40 hours in post-production, so we can be like, oh, let's psychoanalyze this person. You know, yeah. it's like you can see the play-by-play or like notice, you know, I feel like in film, we're like just constantly observing people. You know, it's like our our biggest thing is bearing witness to people's celebrations and like taking in a family dynamic and even seeing, um, you know, seeing Emily and um, Melissa and their family mm-hmm. again. It was so even like I'd say a third of their wedding guests were at the um, they are the sweetest family. They're oh literally the nicest humans we've ever met. Melissa, every time she would call me, her sweet little voice. Oh gosh, I loved her. I saw Connie and started crying. Like I was like, oh. I walked in and I was like, Connie, like oh my god, you know, like this. Yes. Yeah, like I am inspired. But I mean, we're just on such a high from. She was one of the most encouraging mothers of the bride too. She was. She always had something nice to say. Yeah. Always. Mm -hmm. Like, I will never forget. It's like they're, um, for those of you that don't know this family intimately, so it was, so they're a group, there's five sisters in this beautiful, beautiful family, North Carolina family. Can you imagine having five girls? Oh my gosh. Bless Chip. That's all I have to say. But for real. But they, I remember when they were all getting ready that everyone was saying nothing but kind, sweet things. The energy was like relaxed and mm-hmm. supportive and like there was such a gentleness. And I feel like usually like if there's a bunch of bridesmaids getting ready, it's like someone's like, oh gosh, like I gotta do this. Oh man, I gotta do it. Like it's just like there's someone that's a little yeah. bit gnarly or there's like drama. Yes. And it's not even about like I just felt such a level of presence with their family and how every member of the family was there to be supportive yeah. and I didn't feel like there was anyone that was trying to like steal the show or compete you know that's what it's about yeah I mean and I think that um I mean I, I don't want to say everyone but you know there are people that forget that yeah yeah so. yeah unfortunately it's like the forest for the trees of like oh I'm so wrapped up and you know it's like yeah, all the the dynamic stories that we all swap as vendors yeah. of like, oh, well, that got so out of hand. I can't believe that, you know, person in the wedding party did that. Like that just, I didn't see that coming. That escalated quickly. Yeah. Like whatever the, you it's know. Always that, there's always one groomsman. There's always a rascal in the crew. Oh, yeah. And you can usually pinpoint them pretty early he on. He usually asks Madeline to marry him. I mean, oh, that's yeah. kind of a common, yeah. uh, that's a common move yeah. that's been happening recently. For us yeah. at Sam, they they always ask her out to like go out afterwards or like you're coming to the bar with us right she's like she's like no 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 No, the last thing i want to do after being on my feet for 15 hours is go and drink with you that's so funny that's so funny i feel like i've been hit by a mack truck at the end of the night yeah no i don't want to hang out with you okay so what's your favorite do you have an unwinding ritual or like anything you like to do to decompress after really like days of build up like what's your what is your like self-care look like 
Um, well, the, I never schedule anything the day after a wedding because you feel like death. You're like hungover. It's literally like a hangover. 100%. Like a hangover times 10. Yeah. Um, it's like take how you felt after prom and then like multiply that by 30. That's how you feel as a wedding planner after yeah. the day of. So yeah. I try and do the night before. I'll try and take a bath and do like a pre-soak. They say it's good for your muscles. Still doesn't make me feel any <laughs> Yeah, I still better. feel like crap. But yes, but I do it. Um, post-wedding, I mean, honestly, when I walk in the house, y'all, I limp in like a grandmother. <laughs> I mean, I genuinely like, <sighs> you know, hobble across the room and Dan's like, what like what's up what's going on with you i'm like my feet they just hurt so bad yeah um but i dislocated and broke my ankle a couple years ago and so ever since Mm. then i've got plates on either side so it especially hurts my feet Mm. um so post-wedding i usually have to go and if if i've been on a plantation wash the filth off my feet um because it's foul um and then um you know, you have to take a shower post-day. And, yeah. But then the week after, I try and go and get a massage. I try and do that pretty regularly anyway. Yeah. Um, just because I do... We're... A lot of wedding planning is manual labor, and people don't get that. Yeah. I get these interns that come on site, and they're like, oh, I'm going to be like J-Lo. Or it's like, you know, now this generation, they're, they don't even know what they don't even that maybe is. is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they come on, and they're like, this is going to be fabulous. We're going to go to parties. You're going to take me to all the cool stuff in town. You're um, like, you can carry this bucket of flowers. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, that's like mm, 3% of our job. Yeah. And um, we're going to go to those. You're not going to because yeah. we've worked hard enough to get to that point. Yeah. Um, but, yes, then you've got to carry this in. And also, I realize it carries – it weighs 50 pounds, but, like, don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Because – yeah, cross train, yeah. cross train girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so usually we can tell with an intern after about you know first wedding, we'll give them grace in the first one. Yeah, but definitely by the second one, whether they can make it or in this business or not. Yeah, and a lot of them don't want to. Yeah, I mean I will never. So I have I have a um, past intern that I still kept keep up with. Um, I hope she listens to this because she will love a shout out, my girl Holt. Um, she now is up in New York and she like has a really cool she-she job. She's, like, working for Gucci. Um, and um, she really upgraded for me. Ugh, I tell her that all the time. I'm like, wow, sweet grass to Gucci. Um, but can you get a, can you get your girl a discount? Um, Come on. I already asked that. I did genuinely ask that. Um, <laughs> and she, um, she, she straight up told me then. She was like, that was terrible. I don't know how y'all do this. I never want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Yeah. I love being in your office. Your office is so fun. If I could have you guys as bosses, I totally would. But it's terrible. Yeah. And I was it. like, well, I mean, at least you're honest. Yeah. You know, and she still says that to this day. Um, so good. But it's not for everybody. You yeah. know, it really isn't. I mean, and you have to have a lot of patience and you have to be able to give up your weekends, um, yeah. which is something that like at this point in our career, Jacqueline and I, it's hard for us because we miss a lot of the stuff with our kids. I mean, so we've tried to scale back in a way that, you know, Jacqueline can make it to her son's soccer games or I can actually see my child before she goes to bed because she's going to bed at 7.30. Yeah. So by the time I get home, I mean, I get maybe 45 minutes with her a day. Yeah. And and that's hard. You feel like a terrible mom, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's, I think that's a battle that a lot of people in the wedding industry have. Yeah. That we don't talk about is that we have people that have families and kids We have a really hard time with that and the balance of that and the guilt that comes with it because we want to be, we're in the service industry, so we want to give our 
our clients the best. Yeah. But then our family gets the rest. Yeah. And it's that's not always mm. enough yeah. for them, and and that can be really hard. And so we're still trying to figure out that you know the balance of of how to make that work and how to be able to um, give our family enough attention and also give our clients you know the best too. But I mean, part of it is, is setting boundaries, and um, yeah, that's hard to do in a in a world of having constant ways of communicating yeah. and you're managing timelines and build up and vendors mm-hmm. i mean there's such a multifaceted process and i find like for myself like from a self-care perspective my biggest challenge is being like i'm gonna say no to whatever and say yes to me say yes mm-hmm. to myself versus yeah. like well i'll just fill it with another obligatory like oh i need to like do stuff around the house yeah. versus being like what would i like to experience and what do I need? Like that level of true, um, yeah, nurturing. Otherwise, like how can you really sustain, um, yeah, a business that does demand right. a lot and does demand a lot physically and also, you know, like you're there for like I loved, you know, a, a happiness ambassador, you know, the, using that kind of term of mm-hmm. we want to support people. Like the biggest thing I say that what we're selling as videographers is it's like, yes, we're going to create a beautiful video. There's a dime a dozen of us in this town. You know, there's amazing artists here and amazing people that know how to film well. But what we offer at Ruby Riot is like, we got your back. Right. And we're going to make sure that, you know, you have peace of mind of knowing, like, we're not just there to be like, oh, okay, like, okay, that was a good clip. I'm going to record that. Okay, whatever. But being like, hey, like, let me fix your hair for this. Like, you look great. Oh, by the way, like, I love this. Like, to like what? to make them feel good and that's the difference in a quality event partner and someone that is not because there are so many options in this town but and people are like oh well why do you charge the way that you do well because i'm completely committing to you that day i'm committing my entire team to you that day i'm also going to you know really be very available to you throughout the process and in addition to that what people don't understand is i'm not managing just my team that day i'm managing about probably a hundred people that day all of the team so not only their bridal party but everybody i have to make sure everyone is keeping on timeline Mm -hmm. and so that's that's a daunting task and a little bit stressful and kind of going back to the self-care I, and I am not one of those people that's embarrassed to say this, I very much believe in therapy too. That's a big part of my self-care. I believe in talking to someone. I'm a talker anyway, so if I can get a person in the room where they just sit and listen to me, yes. Um, But that that for me has been a total game changer because I mean, if you don't have at that outlet, and I think that is something we are seeing. It's really interesting because when I was at a conference recently, one of the sub-sessions was on mental health in the wedding industry. It's something mm-hmm. where we are as, like you said, ambassadors of happiness in all, you know, and no matter what our role is in the event, we always all have to be on. And when we step away from that and when we have all the rest of the stuff going on in our life, um, it's, it's something that you have to deal with. I mean, and a lot of people don't. And so Hmm. I I will tell you, and this is something that I heard too at that conference. I mean, the statistic across the country, I mean, for people in general, but especially in the wedding industry, the amount of us that were on antidepressants or everything Mm. else, I mean, it's pretty rampant. And so it's, it's very important, I think, in this business especially to make sure that you take care of yourself or else you're not gonna be able to take care of your clients well. And I think your clients need to be able to be 
open and receptive to that by you having those days where, hey, I've got to take I've got to take today because I didn't get Saturday, I didn't get Sunday. So I gotta take this Wednesday because I gotta go to the grocery store, girl. Yeah. You know, I gotta yeah. be able to like, you yeah. know, stock the pantry to feed my child. Yeah. You know? And just being like, I need to sit and like watch some shows to just be able to like get, you know, just have a little bit to take your breath. Cause otherwise it's yeah. like, yeah, that burnout. And I think that you know, I, I use this illustration a lot of, you know, like we've been filming in Charleston going on five years now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and since then, like even, I mean, that's like, think of like Instagram five years ago, right? Like it's like, it wasn't as like. Was it even oh, out then? It yeah, was. Yeah, it just, yeah. It but just it was came like, yeah. it's kind of like, oh, you're, you go there. It wasn't what it is now. Yeah. I feel like it's so. I think hashtags just came out like five years ago. Yeah. I think that's when the hashtag thing just started. I know. I don't, whenever I first heard a hashtag, I don't know what I thought People were like, what? Like the pound sign? Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> pound. Um, but there's there's two shelf lives of people that work in like an event industry or you know i feel like it's it's like a cousin of the food and bev industry as well oh for sure you know so it's like either you get into weddings and you love it you breathe it you're all about it Mm -hmm. and it's this vibrant thing and you're inspired perpetually or it's like you get in you do a season you do two seasons you do three seasons and it's like you either like hang it up and you're like i freaking hate this and you see i can't you know it's like with other vendors in the industry you feel that like you know oh like hey so nice to meet you whatever and you hear these undertones of like oh yeah well this couple or like oh just another wedding and it's like we lose sight of like how blessed are we that we get to be a part of someone's day that it's like it doesn't matter if we've done 300 weddings it's like this is this couple and their family's first day of anything ever being like this and there'll never be another day like this in this combination for this family Mm -hmm. and like tapping into that energy of empathy and like support for you know having an amazing day it doesn't matter if you've done four weddings in a row it's like Mm -hmm. this is unique for each couple and that's something that I don't really think that you can teach someone to have that heart energy and it's like that's like from our you know with my team I've brought people on let people go all the journey along the way and it's like that is the number one thing like I can teach someone how to work a camera but I can't teach someone it's an intrinsic value of like care and gratitude and like just um yeah that energy of like you're really holding um you know just that positive weight for that couple and their family to like just have a day where they are truly supported like that is the real role i think of of wedding vendors and in in 2019 2020 2021 like just being able to offer that level of um of service truly yeah and you know it's like the same for us i can i can teach logistics all day long and i can teach someone how I would style a table, but I can't teach creativity. You either have it or you don't. I mean, it's either ingrained in you or not. And so as a designer, I know what my style is and, I, and I'm pretty good at tapping into people's personal style. And then mm-hmm. even though it may not be something that I would have done for my wedding, like you wanna rock out, you know, this look, sure, I can do it. But what is really hard for me too, as a creative person and as a designer, is when I come to a client and I say to them, okay, here's this thing and I can draw it for you. But they're like, oh, but I've never seen it. I'm like, 
that's the point. Like, yeah. you know, but they're like, oh, but I want you to show it to me on Pinterest. Well, why why do people want to be at the tail end of a trend, not on the front end of a trend? Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's what's really hard for me. And two, it becomes a thing, especially in this town where people are like, oh, well, so-and-so, you know, did that arrangement last weekend and so-and-so's doing this weekend. Well, guess what? There's nothing new under the sun. And also, too, like, you know, yes, they did a greenery arrangement, but you're not reinventing the wheel here. Yeah. Um, but I do like times where I can be innovative and be on the front end of a trend. I know that it's going to be done again, and I know it's going to be something that, because um, the wedding designs are cyclical. Yeah. Um, but I, it's hard for me when a client is not open to things that are new. And um, mm. because that's ultimately why you're paying me. Anyone can run logistics. Yeah. I mean, well, not anyone, sure. but a lot of people can. Yeah. But if you have someone that can run logistics and be creative at the same time, that's where that's where their worth is. Yeah. And so um, that's been my challenge of the last couple of years. Some are, are awesome and are like, yes, girl, run with it. Yeah. And those are those are the clients that ultimately end up getting featured on places like Over the Moon or get be, all of my big features have always been clients that have said, Meredith, run with it. Hmm. And I'm open to your ideas. I can't see it, but you can see it. So go go for it. Yeah. Um, and I just wish more people would be like that because it'd be better stuff for you to film too, you know? I mean, yeah, so, definitely yeah. the like creative elements of it. Yeah. I know. Um, this has been amazing. Meredith, how can people get in touch with you? Um, where can they find you? What are... Drop, what are your your website, your Instagram, social media? What's the best way for people? Yeah, so um, if you go to our Instagram, Sweetgrass Social, the, our website is linked to it, sweetgrasssocial.com. Um, all of our individual email addresses are also listed on there. Okay. I'm big about putting our email addresses out there. You know, holler at your girl if you want to talk. Come on. Meredith at sweetgrasssocial.com. Follow me on Instagram at Meredith Tanton. I am not a private profile. <laughs> Slide into my DMs, if you will. Check me uh, out. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm totally open. I love to talk to people. Um, love to make new friends. So even if you just want to, you know, talk ghost stories, I'm your girl. I mean, I'm I'm not a medium, but you know, you never know. I mean, this is definitely... My dad is going... Like, if my dad listens to this, he will keel over because he'll be so upset that I talk about mediums because... Oh, oh, yeah. I'm going to go into hell in a handbasket. Oh, gosh. Bless. Yes. Bless. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you thank so you. much for sharing it's your energy. It's been so fun. Being here. Um, and for our listeners, for our viewers, thank you so much for watching and listening. Please be sure to like, subscribe. Um, if you want to hear more ghost stories, let us know. <laughs> and thank you so much. I hope that you live a life filled with passion today and you make some stories worth telling. Bye.